What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Barbells and Bangers. I will be sipping on an IPA from Wellbeing Brewing throughout this episode. If you have not yet checked out Wellbeing Brewing, they create some of the most delicious non-alcoholic beer you will ever have. Even the IPA, a lot of people say it tastes just like a regular IPA, but there's no alcohol, so there's no hangover and a lot less calories. So check it out. If you're like me and you don't drink, but you still like the taste of beer, then you're going to love well-being. Anyways, so today's episode, I don't know exactly what I want to talk about today. I don't really have like an agenda or a plan. I kind of just wanted to talk about whatever comes to the top of my mind and talk about just what's going on in my life, in my mind. Um, Yeah, I I think that a lot of episodes have been a lot of MMA stuff, fitness stuff, music stuff. And of course, I had a great episode with Emily, uh, my best friend. If you haven't listened to that episode or watched that episode, by the way, check it out. She's super, super knowledgeable on mental health. And she herself is a therapist. So it was really, really interesting to hear her perspective on a lot of things. But anyways, so yeah, I'll be honest. This week, I've been um, stressed out. I've been pretty stressed out. It's been a stressful week. It's just been um, a lot going on. I guess um, a lot of changes and yeah, I, I don't know. It's been a whirlwind <laughs> of a week, I guess you could say. But I'm, you know, I'm getting through it. I always try to stay positive. That's all you can do is just stay positive. And it's like, I've been through so much in my life that at this point, it's like, I don't really stress over things as much anymore because I know I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. I'll get through this. You know, I'll figure things out. Like, I'm always confident I'll figure things out. I used to worry so much about being like having everything figured out and planned out. Now I just kind of go with the flow a little bit more and I feel like I'm happier that way. You know, I don't put as much pressure on myself and put as much pressure on other people to, you know, make things happen in my life. I just, you know, kind of keep my head down and, and keep doing what I'm doing and then things come and opportunities come and it just, it just works out. I don't know. That's my philosophy. I'm not normally an IPA drinker. But I do like this IPA. Um, I don't even know what my favorite kind of beer is. I actually really like sour beers, which is, I don't know, a lot of people don't really like sour beers, but I like them. I think they're interesting. Or any kind of like fruity beer. Fruity beers are good. I just, I don't really like stouts that much. I like maybe like one stout in the wintertime, but I can't drink more than one of them. <laughs> um... They're just so heavy. So, but now that I don't drink alcohol, I don't know if they have any non-alcoholic stouts. Oh, well-being. If you're listening to this, that's an idea. Create a non-alcoholic stout beer next winter. That would be sick. And a non-alcoholic sour. Just for me. <laughs> just for me. Anyways. Um, yeah, so I don't know how many of you guys that are listening like follow my social media, but... I I left insurance. I left the insurance industry. So I was going to talk about that a little bit because, you know, it's just things that are going on in my life. And that's why I've kind of been like vague about uh, that kind of stuff, because I didn't want to say anything about it until after it was already done. You know, just to be respectful. I mean, 
I, I just didn't really want to like seem like I was like trash talking farmers or like trash talking the insurance industry. Um, I just wanted to kind of wait till it was all settled to say anything about it because I don't really think it's a big deal. I mean, I guess it looks like it's a big deal because it's something I've spent five years of my life doing is insurance. But to me, it's just like I'm just moving on to a new chapter of my life. It's not really I don't view it as a bad thing by any means. Um, I just think it's just a natural change that I'm going through in my life. And, you know, I enjoyed doing insurance for a long time. I still am very passionate about life insurance. And that's where a lot of my passion came from with fitness and just mortality, longevity, that kind of thing really interested me in learning how to extend our longevity and improve our chances of having a longer life is something that I've been just fascinated by. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it was a very good experience for me to have in my life and at such a young age. I mean, I opened my insurance agency when I was 26, I believe. I'm 27 now, so yeah, I had to be 26 when I opened it. And, I mean, a lot of people don't get to do that, so it's pretty cool. Um, obviously, it was, you know, not exactly what I thought it would be whenever I, you know, signed up to do it. Um, it was a lot different than I expected, but that's okay. I mean, nothing ever works out exactly as you think it will. Um, it's always going to take 10 times more effort than we estimate. But I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest reason why I realized that I just I needed to leave the industry entirely and not just leave my agency is because the stress. Um, It's not a job that you can just clock in, clock out and just go home and then you relax and you don't think about it. It was a job for me that consumed my mind 24 seven. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. And it's because I was so passionate about it. That's why. Um, But I can't really do that and start a new thing at the same time. Um, Like starting a new career in fitness while I'm still in insurance just seemed impossible to me. And it's because I just cared so much about insurance and I cared so much about my customers and my agency and all that stuff. So I carried it with me everywhere I went every day. All I could think about was work. And I didn't have any space in my brain to like, you know, be creative and do anything else. So that was the big, that was the big thing for me and the stress that I was dealing with from it. Not necessarily from insurance, but from owning an insurance agency and just like owning any other business, you're going to have stress. Um, I think it was a little bit more stress than I was ready to take on. And when I decided to take over the agency, my lupus symptoms were good and they were good up until like right when I opened it. And then I had a bad flare up and it was bad. I mean, I could barely keep my eyes open. So I was just like sleeping all day and like I fell asleep at my office. So I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore, you know? Um, and I, and I kind of realized that as soon as I started, I was like, oh no, oh no, all this stress that I'm dealing with is going to make me sick because when you have lupus, a lot of times stress causes your symptoms to flare up. So me doing a job that is stressful 
which that's the thing is like all jobs are freaking stressful, but you just have to find the things that you're so passionate about and you love so much and you get so much fulfillment from that. It kind of makes the stress worth it. That's, that's what I think I've realized. So yeah. So I kind of realized in the beginning, I'm like, oh gosh, what am I doing? But then like for a while, it actually was going really well. Um, it was like the first week was really stressful first couple weeks. And then it went really well for a while up until like January. For some reason, January was like a really stressful month. Um, just like customers and everything. It was just a nightmare and it was, you know, slowing down, like sales were slowing down, but service was, uh, speeding up. People were getting, you know, there was more claims and it was just stressful So up until then, it was going really well. And then I had like a few months where it was going really well again. And then out of nowhere, everything just, I mean, it it just fell apart. It just completely fell apart. And that's when I realized that, okay, maybe I should figure out some kind of backup plan. And that's really um, what I was doing. And I had always wanted to get into fitness. I just didn't think I, you know, wanted to leave insurance ever. So I didn't, I didn't really pursue anything in fitness because I'm like, why well, already have this insurance thing going on? Why would I start anything else? Like I devoted all my time to insurance. So it wasn't until I started to realize maybe I should have a backup plan. Um, that's when I realized that I should probably get out of it and, and do something else, do something I'm more passionate about that it gives me good. That makes me feel good. You know, like helping people get in shape, helping people people build confidence and not even not even mentioning the benefits that it does to your mental health helping people with that oh my gosh it, it would give me so much fulfillment like compared to insurance and that's what i realized that was the realization that i had and so yeah i mean i'm trying to think when i really like decided that i was going to leave i think it was like winter time like late winter Oh, it was, it was shortly after I got certified. I think it was shortly after I got certified to be a personal trainer or I was going through the certification and I was almost done with it. I think it was around then and I got my certification and then, and I wasn't, I was only planning on doing that as like a side gig though. I wasn't really planning on leaving insurance. So I did that, got my certification And then everything just seemed like it kept, you know, going downhill with with insurance. And this is a really hard time in the industry. Let's be honest. Like this is not a this is not a fun time (laughs) to be in the insurance industry right now, especially with property and casualty. I mean, it's going crazy. So that added some added stress on like, let's not forget about that. But I don't want to use that as an excuse. You know, I I always want to get down to the root of the problem because had the industry still been doing just fine, I think I still part of me would have had the same feeling. Um, even if everything was going perfect, I think I still would have just had that feeling in my gut that I don't know if this is meant, this is what I'm meant to do. I think I'm meant to do something else. And I used to kind of quiet that voice when I was younger. Cause I thought, Oh, well, you know, this is what everybody wants me to do. This is what everybody thinks I should do. So let me just do this. And I used to, you know, kind of quiet the voice that was telling me like, hey, there's this other thing that you're really good at and you should pursue it and it w- you would kill it. I hear that voice in my head and then 
I'm just like, no, 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 that's silly. That's crazy. I can't, that's not going to happen. Because you almost just don't believe that you can do it sometimes. You think that you're, a lot of times you don't tell people what you want to do because you think that they'll think you sound crazy. And and I know there's people listening here that have had that same feeling where you think you're going to sound crazy if you tell people what you really want to do. I know you guys are listening. And if you are listening and that's you, message me and tell me what it is you want to do. And I, I'll support you. Because it's hard to find people sometimes that will support what you actually want to do. Like they're going to try to bring you back down to earth. So... I don't know, man. I'm on a spiritual journey right now. I feel like I'm just kind of um, getting a lot wiser. I'm learning like how not to get screwed over. I feel like I used to be very naive. And now I'm a lot smarter for sure. And I think owning a business taught me that. I think if you own a business, you learn. You learn a lot. You learn a lot of life lessons owning a business. Not just about business, not just about money, just life in general. You learn a lot about people too. You learn a lot about people. But yeah, this has been a stressful week, but it's good. I think it's good. Um, I think it's good to go through challenges in life. Because if you didn't go through challenges in life, then you wouldn't be able to build real confidence. Going through hard times. I mean, I don't know a single person who's successful that didn't go through difficult times. And difficult times don't have to mean that you are getting divorced, you lost your job, you lost a family member. It doesn't have to be that. There are difficult times you can go through just in your own head. Especially if you're like me, you have anxiety, you have ADHD, and you have all these things going on in your brain. (laughs) You know? But... I think it's good to go through that. I think you have to just embrace it. When you're going through a difficult time, you have to just embrace it and know, remind yourself that once you come out on the other side, that is going to give you a lot of confidence. If you can figure it out, like almost think of it as like a a challenge, Like like an actual challenge. Like, oh, oh, okay, universe, you're going to try me? You're going to try me right now? Okay, okay. You know, that's how I look at it sometimes. But I feel like the younger me before, when I had a challenging time, I would look at it as a bad thing. I would look at it like, oh, things just aren't going to work out for me. And that's not a good way to think. It's really not. 
Because if you tell yourself that, if you tell, if you're going through a difficult time and you tell yourself, oh, it's just nothing ever works out for me. I don't know why I can't, I just can't catch a break. I used to think like that all the time. Every time I had a hard time, flat tire, anything. Ah, this is just my luck. Nothing works out for me. What was me? (laughs) But guess what happens when you tell yourself those things? You start believing those things and those things start becoming true. Then you do have bad luck. Everybody has a little bit of bad luck. But if you if you are really convincing yourself that your life is just nonstop series of unfortunate events, then that's what it's going to be. You have to. You have to not you're not lying to yourself by saying things are going to get better because you don't you don't know. Things might get better. So if you tell yourself, like, once I get through this obstacle, my my life is going to be amazing. Because isn't that what always happens? If you don't worry so much about, oh, my life sucks, oh, whatever. If you don't tell yourself that, things actually do get better. Every time I've been through something difficult, there was something so much better on the other side. Every time. Every time. And you have to believe that because if you don't, then you're just, yeah, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to be miserable. Not that I'm like Tony Robbins or like a motivational speaker or anything, but I just like talking about things that I've realized because I think my my overall attitude of being more positive has helped me a lot and made good things. It's attracted good things into my life. Um, they may not be the things that you want right at that time. They may be things that you, you know, maybe we're a little bit lower on your priority list, but things, good things will come to you. So I don't know. That's just my thought process on good, positive attitudes. I think it's so important. So important. Also, the people around you. Let's talk about that for a second. The people around you. And I think this is part of the reason why I was getting stressed out with insurance. And part of the reason why I've been stressed out at other jobs that I've had. It's because the people that I was talking to, that I was around on a daily basis, were not positive. Were not sending me good energy. And... And understandably, I mean, with the insurance thing, like the rates were going up, everything was going crazy. The industry was a mess. The economy is in the toilet. Like it could not be a worse recipe. So every phone call that I got was not a good one. You know, people call in and it's just negative, 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 negative. All that negative energy just built up inside of me because that's all I'm hearing all day long. And I think it really affects you. I think it really does. And, and there's no way to really avoid negative people, but you can limit your time with them. You can limit it. So if you have people in your life that are negative and that, 
you know, every time you say, you know, you want to do something or every time you talk about something that you, you just did or an idea that you have, if their first initial reaction is negativity, you got to limit your time with those people. You have to, because they will stop you from doing things that you should do or that you want to do or that make you happy. Now, there's also a difference between people trying to protect you from harm and people being negative. Because sometimes people are just a little concerned about you and what you're doing. Like if you're doing drugs or something, like people are probably going to be concerned. Or if maybe you're drinking too much, like that's one thing. But I'm talking about just negativity. Like, I don't know. I can't really think of an example right now, (laughs) but you get what I'm saying. Like people who are just negative Nancy's about everything. That's why I don't really uh, watch the news. I mean, I try to stay informed in other ways, but I don't, I don't really like watch the news, like news channels on TV. I used to, I used to have the news on all the time. Oh my gosh. It's so bad for my mental health watching the news like that. So bad. And it didn't matter which channel I watched. It was just negative energy that I don't need. So, yeah, just like I talked about this on one of my YouTube videos, I think. But just like watch watch what you consume and watch the people that are around you and just try to increase the amount of positivity and decrease the amount of negativity that you're bringing into your life. That's what I would suggest. Especially if you're trying to make something happen or you're trying to get through something challenging or you're trying to create something and you need as much good energy as possible, then it's really important to be aware of that stuff. Because like right now, I think for me, I'm just going through a little bit of a shift in my identity. And it's kind of just like, okay, I've been in insurance for five years. And now I'm, you know, kind of getting more into the fitness industry, but also getting into, you know, being a content creator and things like that. Um, And just kind of doing I'm doing just like part time stuff, like more gig type stuff because it just works better for me anytime anytime I've ever had like part-time jobs instead of a full-time job I've always done better and I don't know why I didn't realize that until now but I always just do a lot better I feel a lot better I make more money I I just feel I'm better um and I don't know if that's an ADHD thing I'm not sure but that's just what works for me and I know that's not what works for most people so it's fine you know I'm weird I am not you that's okay but that's what works for me is having like multiple things going on and I'm actually better at managing my time that way. So I don't know. Eventually I, you know, I would like to have something that's like my main thing. Um, probably something with fitness, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's good to like kind of try things before you like go all in because if you go all in on something like I did with insurance, then 
you're giving it all of your energy. So you have to make sure that it's going to fulfill you and that it's something that you can do sustainably. So you're not going to get like burnt out. And another thing too, like with, um, my gosh, my chair, (laughs) this little beanbag chair is so comfy, but sometimes it's hard to like get in the right spot. (laughs) But anyways, um, oh, you know what? I forgot to mention the fights. (laughs) So I only watched the main event. I know I'm a casual, but <laughs> I'm actually not a casual. I used to watch all the early prelims. I used to watch, I did not miss a Saturday. I did not miss the fights. I watched the contender series. I watched everything, but I just kind of have a lot going on right now. So I'm not as into it. I probably will get back into watching it more consistently. It's just like right now, not really. So I watched the main event. Cause honestly, I actually forgot about the fights. <laughs> I thought they were on later, so I don't know what I was thinking, but so I watched the main event. Oh my gosh, Marab. I think there was like 49 attempted takedowns and he successfully took him down 11 times. I told you guys he was going to win. I didn't do my prediction on my last podcast because I was doing the recap. I wasn't really doing predictions. And I kind of forgot about this fight night because I'm like, this is such a big fight. Like, I kind of forgot that Jan isn't champ anymore. Like, I just, I don't know. I just can't, like, accept it for some reason in my brain. But, I mean, like, I know Aljamain is champ, but sometimes I just forget because it's like, oh, Jan. Like, Jan is such a, a big deal. And he's so talented. And, and But Marab, oh, my gosh. I did, I told several people that Marab was going to win and he did I wish I would have done the predictions on my podcast so then I could have been like told you guys like everybody's been telling me about John Jones I told you guys I told you John Jones is gonna win okay you win what do you want a cookie because you predicted one fight I predict the fights all the time every pay-per-view You predicted one fight and you want a cookie? Like, please leave me alone. It's been a week now and I'm still getting people like, I can't believe you thought John was going to beat John Jones. First of all, I never said that John Jones was for sure going to lose. I was like, oh, he's, I don't think he's going to win, but if he takes him down, he will win. That's literally what I said. (laughs) So you guys leave me alone. Even Ariel Hawani picked Gon over John Jones. Is he a casual? No. <laughs> Anyways. Really regretting not doing the picks for this fight night. Because I knew Marab was going to win. I never had a doubt in my mind. And I've never picked against Jan before. That is the first time I've ever picked against Jan. I knew Marab was going to beat him. I'm like, there's no way Jan is going to beat this guy. Absolutely not. I was so confident. I was way more confident Marab was going to win than I was about Gon winning. Like when I said Gon, I thought Gon was going to win. I was just like, I got, I guess I got to pick one. I guess I got to pick one. I don't know. 
It was so hard to predict that fight. But this fight, I was like, this is easy. Marab is going to win this fight 100%. And he won every round. Every single round he won. So impressive. And he outstruck Jan, like, by a lot. I don't remember how many. I think he got 135 significant strikes. And Jan only got 70. At least that was the stats, like, right after the fight, I believe. Man. I mean, Jan got a takedown of his own, but Marab is so strong and he's so good at re- and he's good defensively at wrestling. Like sometimes wrestlers, like they'll get taken down and they'll be like, and you'll be like, wait, what's happening? And their wrestling defense isn't as good as their wrestling offense. And you're like, what is going on? So the fact that Marab has really good wrestling offense and defense is fantastic. He's so good. And I knew the first time I saw him fight, I was like, that guy's going to be a champion. That guy is going to be a champion. But here's the weird thing. If he wants to be champion, which he very well could be, he's got to fight his teammate, Aljamain Sterling. So... I don't know. Is that fight going to happen? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I don't know. It doesn't sound like... But then Dana was saying, he said something about like, if you don't take this title fight, you'd be making the biggest mistake of your life, which that's actually good for Marab because that means Dana really wants him to take this, this title fight. Like he really wants him to get a title shot. So, but then one of them has to leave their, their gym. I don't know. That's interesting. Who wins that fight? Aljamain versus Marab. Training partners. And how how will they fight when they're not training each other? Because them training each other gives them such an advantage. Because they've, you know, I mean, Marab is fighting somebody that Aljamain fought twice. So how does that not give him an advantage? So that'll be interesting to see their how their fighting style might change a little bit when they're not training with each other. And you'll truly get to see, you know, which one of them is the best. I don't know. It's a very interesting fight stylistically, too, because Aljamain has really good jiu-jitsu and Marab has just dominant wrestling. So does Aljamain catch him in a submission from the bottom? I don't know. Or do they make it a stand-up fight? <sighs> I don't know. If it's a stand-up fight. But here's the, here's the thing. Remember when Aljamain fought Jan the first time? When he when Jan kneed him in the face when he was on the ground and he got DQ'd and that's how he became that's how Aljamain became champ? Remember that fight? Aljamain was getting out grappled by Jan. I mean, Jan was just outclassing him everywhere in that in that first fight. Obviously, lost the last one, but the first fight, if Jan wouldn't have, if Jan wouldn't have thrown that stupid knee, he would have won that fight. So it makes me wonder if Jan can out wrestle Aljamain, then what can Marab do? But I don't know. I don't know. 
MMA math doesn't work either. So you can't, you can't really, yeah. I don't know who wins that fight. I think I'm going to go with Marab. <laughs> I think he's the best. I think he's the best Bantamweight right now, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Just saying. Just saying. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, unfortunately this week I've been dealing with a flare up, so that's frustrating. Um, not a bad flare up, but yesterday I woke up and felt like I was dying. <laughs> not literally, but I could not do anything. I was worthless. I slept for like four or five hours that day. And because I knew my body needed it. Like I could feel it as soon as I woke up. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Here we go. And I had a really bad migraine, too. I don't know. I think it's just stress. It's always stress related. So I'm like, let me get some good energy back in my life. Let me do some things that make me happy and not stress. And now I'm starting to feel better. So... I think it's it's unfortunate that I had, you know, another flare up when I've gone so long without having one where, you know, I'm having a lot of joint pain, fatigue, just feeling sick in general. But I think it's a good thing because now I can see that I am bouncing back a lot faster than I normally did before because I'm already starting to feel better. And normally before it would be like, you know, at least a few days or maybe even a, a week or two where I, until I would start feeling better. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to stay positive because if I'm just like, oh, I'm sick and I just like feel like keep telling myself that I'm miserable, then I'm not going to get better. The only way is to just be like, I'll be fine. I just need to rest. Give my body what it needs. If you give your body what it needs, then it will give you what you need. <laughs> So yeah, I'll be fine. But I, I am feeling better though. Obviously, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this podcast very well if I wasn't feeling better. Um, I'm not 100% better. I'm still feeling like kind of, you know, lethargic and just, you know, not 100%. I'm still having a lot of pain. I took some ibuprofen earlier, so that helped. But yeah, I'm just dealing with, you know, Dealing with lupus, that's what it's like when you have a chronic illness. You just got to roll with it. You just got to find ways to work around it. But it'll be all good. We're, we're still trucking along. So anyways, um, that is probably going to be it for this podcast. I, I don't know. I didn't really have an agenda, so I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I didn't have anything planned. Um... So I'm like, oh, I'll just kind of roll with it. We'll see. Because I wasn't feeling well yesterday, so I didn't really sit down and plan it out like I normally do. I just kind of was like, oh, I'll figure it out. But we shall. Oh, this beer is really good. I don't know why, but the last sip I had of it was really tasty. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this podcast. I feel like I always do like the Midwestern goodbye with my podcast. It's like, all right, we'll see you later. And then you go out to the porch and you're like, yep, we'll see you later. And then you talk for another 10 minutes and then you're like, yep, we'll see you later. And you're like, 
standing right next to their car window. And then (laughs) it's a Midwestern goodbye. It takes forever. Okay. Don't judge me. I'm from the Midwest. The good old St. Louis. All right. Well, let's, let's get this, get this podcast done. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate everybody's support. Um, please share this and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Um, love you guys. Thank you. And I will see you next week. Bye.